I won't ask you to stand today. We'll turn to Isaiah 40 and verse 31. I'll read it to you. You've heard it all your life. It's given me a lot of challenge, a little strength. A lot of times it's given me a lot of strength. And I pray God might touch you today. I'm still running into a lot of people who saw they're kind of discouraged. They're upset. They don't know what to do, which way the country's going to go. And uh, and I try to try to convince them, you put your trust in the Lord. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 said, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not be faint. Boy, that sounds good, don't it? You say, boy, I wish I could get there. Let's read again. But they, but they that wait upon the Lord. Now that's New Testament, Old Testament. We've got to wait on. Now you're speaking to the Jewish people. but But they that wait upon the Lord... Didn't say might, didn't say possibly could, or maybe. Shall, he said, renew their strength. Renew means get something back that you lost. Right? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now let's pray. Father, as we bow our heads before a holy God, as we humble our heart before your divine nature, I pray, God, today that you'll touch us. May we speak as the oracles of God and as we wish we had, we stand at the judgment bar. I pray, God, you give us wisdom and understanding to speak and declare the word of God, the whole counsel. Lord, we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. May your name be glorified. Give us strength in these present evil days. Lord, the strength in the days ahead. Thank you for the strength you've given us in days behind. And Lord, we're going to look back at what you've done for us in days past and recognize, Lord, that you haven't failed us. And we're trusting the same God, and you haven't changed. We have. You haven't. And I pray, God, that you'll direct our paths in a brighter day ahead. We'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen. I remember as a young boy, I was born after World War II. And uh, in the early days of my preaching, even after... I started preaching in this community and in this, not this community, but in this county. About everywhere you went, you heard preachers preaching and they'd say something of this nature. And you've heard it, I'm sure. Better dead than read. Remember that saying? Men, it would be easier and better for us to be dead than to be under communism. That was in the 1950s, went over into the 60s. Then there was a little period of time that I didn't hear anything about it anymore for years. Did you? 
kind of died out, blew it away. We'd just come out of World War II, been through all the stuff we've been through, and people hadn't forgotten it. But people's forgotten it now that we've been in places where we are today, similarly. Not completely, but similarly. And while the silence was going on, and we weren't talking about that, I think they called that, uh, what was it, uh, the Cold War? Ain't that what they called it? And it went for a period, but see, socialism began to grow. And it's been growing and growing ever since. And uh, now we're facing it full-fledged on. This past Wednesday in Inauguration Day, I went to eat lunch with my daughter over here at Crossroads Cafe. Matter of fact, I believe you was over there, Brother Henry. And I sat there, my daughter said to me, said, I want to see the inauguration. And I said, all right, they told me it was going to come on at 12 o'clock. Actually happened 17 minutes till 12. Early this time. And actually since then I found out that some had even seen it early in the morning. So anyhow, they did what they did. And all that's there. But I'm saying to you, things have changed in our society. I was talking to a fellow the other day and he said, you know, I don't know how we're going to make it now with the Democrats in charge. And uh, the other one said, yeah, I wish it had been the Republicans in charge. And there's three or four of us there. And the other one said, well, I heard the military's in charge. And I spoke and said, but I know one thing for sure. God is in charge. I shut it up. And I still believe that. You can say what you want to. I've faced things in my day back under, I don't know how far back it's been. When you get old, you don't remember yesterday too much. I can remember a few things, but I remember when they flashed on the screen that in Iran and Iraq and some of those places that they were taking the American flag and setting it on fire and burning it. In foreign countries. And I said to myself, I can't understand that. That would irritate me so bad. But now it's moved to America. And they burn the flag and burn your business and they take everything you've got. And who would ever believe as you're sitting here and I'm standing before you today? Who would ever believe that you'd watched them pull down? Statues of our leaders in past days in America. Sometime back I watched them topple the Saddam Hussein statue in Iraq. And I'm not fussing about that. I'm just saying they took that regime down. Rightly so. But in America we watched all this happen. And brother, I want to tell you something. It's it's in a, in a real bad way. Who would ever believe that the borders would be opened? So many people come across. 
and mingle in with their religions and their ways of doing. One of the first things our new president, so-called, amen, is done is said the borders are going to be opened again. And he said, I'm going to straighten the pandemic out. And I kind of thought he's going to snap his fingers. And he's got all this legislation or some, you know, little piece, pieces of paper is going to do it. Brother Virgil, back some time ago, I ain't going to say nothing bad about you, brother. <laughs> some time ago, Brother Virgil said when they put Biden in the White House, if he gets in there, the pandemic will go away. And uh, all these Democratic mayors and governors it's, have shut their states down have uh, ruined the country to a certain extent. Cuomo, this past few days, has said, we're going to open our restaurants on the inside and businesses again. And uh, Lightfoot out of Chicago said the same thing. Bowser out of December, uh, out of December, D.C., has done the same thing. And Whitmer in Michigan, who fought the president so much in days past, now says we want to do the same thing. And then Mr. Biden stepped out Friday and said, it's getting worse. And I'm saying, snap your finger. <laughs> do what you said you are going to do. The thing is, he can't do it. It's not going to get better. You ain't got nothing today to get better with. It's going to get worse according to what the Scriptures say. And uh, I just determined I'm just going to stand straight and do what I've always done. Keep preaching. I know some preachers right now is thinking about quitting. And uh, you know what I say to that? If it can, go home. I told that to a young preacher one time years ago. He said, he said, uh, I was talking about, I said, so-and-so's quit preaching. He said, oh, we ought to go see if we can encourage him. I said, no, if he can quit and stay quit and God don't bother him, we didn't need him. I can't quit. Too much of going on. Amen. This is not the first time we've ever seen this. I got to thinking about, Lord, uh, give me some things in the Scriptures. And I realized this. If, if things get worse, and it will, I'm promising you this morning, it stays like it is right now. It's going to get worse. I've never seen the time that they're doing what they're doing. Never would believe I'd ever seen it in my life. But I said, Lord has ever seen this. And then the Lord reminds me of Daniel, which I go back to a lot of times. Can you picture Daniel and the three Hebrew children? They've been pulled out of Jerusalem and put into Babylon. Whole world has turned upside down. Their whole 
Lifestyle has changed. They've been in liberty. Now they're in bondage. And for 70 years they were in captivity. But when Daniel got there the first day, he said, I refuse to eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine. said, I purpose in my heart not to be defiled with these things. And you said, that was just words. Well, was it? We look a few chapters over, and they said, if you pray to anybody but the king in 30 days, King, we want you to sign a decree that that person will be cast into a den of lions. And they made the decree open. And guess what? Old Daniel went down to the house and raised up the window and kept praying. And they told on him. You always got somebody to tell on you. And Daniel was put in the lion's den or the den of lions. There's a difference between a lion's den and a den of lions. Amen. He put him in a den of lions. And he's sitting there and the old king got up and went down to looking and he said, uh, Hey, oh Daniel. He said, oh king, live forever. Slept the best that night. He'd slept a long time. Amen. Them lions got over and got to purring. Amen. That's better melatonin. And he went to sleep. Had a good night's rest. You said, what happened in lions? Amen. God shut their jaws and filled them up to where they wasn't hungry. And they looked at him and seen he wasn't nothing but backbone anyhow. No meat on him. And he went to sleep with them. Said, you believe that? Believe what you want to. You can't prove me wrong. I probably can't prove you right. But hey, he had a good night. Daniel survived it. The three Hebrew children likewise. They said, we're going to put you in a fiery furnace if you don't bow to the image. And the crowd, we're going to face that in these days. If you don't bow to what they want, you're going to face trouble. And of course, I know these folks that, you know, believe that we're going to have to go through tribulation. They're going to have a heyday off of that. But that's not tribulation. That's persecution. Amen. We've done had that. You, you'll have it if you live godly. They threw them in the fiery furnace and they were destroyed by it. And the king went up and went looked in and he said, Hey, didn't we put three men down there? And they said, That's right. Three men, king. He said, Lo, I see four men down there and one like unto the Son of God. And brother, they had camp meeting. The Bible said they came out and didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. You ever burnt leaves? Amen. Matter of fact, you ladies have burnt bacon in the house and smelt bacon for two days. Amen. Uh, if you don't believe that, get somebody in your car to stop at one of the little jip joints and go in and get a pack of chewing gum and come back out and you'll smell smoke in their hair. But these fellas is in this fire and all that was on them burned off of them and all the heads of binds or what man had put on them and they need to be burned off and they come out loose. And they didn't even have the smell of smoke. God is with them. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying I'm trusting God. God's in charge of everything of my life. 
And He's the one that can help us to mount up like eagles. I want you to take your Bible. We're going to turn to a place here this morning. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Several places I want to look at this morning in particular, but I want to pay attention to this. Sometimes we get down in the mouth, suck our thumb, think that our world's over. Get discouraged and despondent and disturbed. We got brighter days ahead. My life's not over. Amen. I might have to tighten the belt. Amen. I got a little reserve. Fellow told me other day, he said, Boy, you, you, you're a big preacher. I said, I figured that's the only way I'll ever be a big preacher is just eat. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, You know, if we ever have famine, somebody's going to preach funerals. <laughs> Amen. So, anyhow, I'm looking up and not forward in that direction of the world. I'm not looking to the right, nor to the left, nor behind. I'm pressing on and looking up and lifting mine eyes under the hills. See, I know what side of them. Miss Faith sung a while ago. Blessed assurance. Now notice these words. Jesus is mine. Miss Crosby, when she wrote that song, didn't say, Blessed assurance, I hope Jesus is mine. Amen. And so I know what side I'm on. I know who's on my side. And I know the end of this thing. Now let's look at Matthew chapter 27. The Bible said that the Lord would help us. Can I remind you today that the Lord's never, that we've never gone anywhere or been anywhere and had to go through anything that the Lord had never gone through? He's already been there for us. Matthew chapter 27, verse number 15. The Bible said, Now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. Now, actually, he thought that they would release Jesus, is what he thought. And they then, and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Amen. The day must have been pretty bad there. Notable prisoner. Notable thief. A notable insurrection. In other words, kind of popular. Isn't it amazing we're living in a day like that that crooks are popular? Amen. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? He's asking them. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Probably had the uh, 
the media there, news media. And they convinced them. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain, the two, will ye that I release, uh, release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. And Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made. He took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of this of the blood of this just person. See you to it. And answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Here's a man that stood before the council, stood before Pilate, stood before Herod. They exhausted about every source there was and falsely accused him. There was nothing that they could place on Jesus that would make him worthy of death because he was the perfect Son of God. Tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. If you got his record, said, well, what can you find against him? And they go over and said, he touched the blind eyes of so-and-so. And he opened their eyes and they could see. Well, tell me something else. Well, he went by one day and he's having a funeral. And he stopped the funeral procession and raised the dead. Tell me something else. He went down to the tomb of Lazarus and he said, Lazarus, come forth. He raised them up off the beds of affliction. He touched their deaf ears and and, uh, they could hear. He touched their dumb tongues and they couldn't speak. Now they can speak. On and on it goes for three and a half years. All he had to put up with was the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the doubting saints. I don't want to forget that. The Pharisees... Dotted the I's, crossed the T's. They don't how to get it all done and uh, to hear one of them tell it they all done it right. Couldn't recognize that they'd done wrong a few times. Sadducees didn't believe in a resurrection and they gave him trouble. And the Herodians who followed after Herod, they gave him trouble. Then the people who looked on and saw that they made doubts and said, how can he do this? And some of them even said, he cast out devils by the prince of devils, Beelzebub. They made fun of him. Tried to kill him a time or two. Tried to push him off the cliff. Tried to stone him. And for three and a half years, he, he survived all that. And uh, they condemned him to end. Matter of fact, what gets me is even his disciples had some question marks in their minds. The closer he got to Calvary, the thinner the crowd got. You'd think that somebody that could do all that Jesus done would have had the crowd following him. A little bit different in our day. 
But he didn't get no followers. And they said, away with him, away with him, crucify him. And he died on the cross of Calvary. They took him off the cross and put him in the grave. And for three days and three nights, he's in the heart of the earth, preaching deliverance to the captives. And on the third day, he arose. Now I want you to look at something with me. And we look at this scripture. Turn over in chapter 27 of Matthew. And look at verse number 62. The Bible said in 27th chapter Matthew verse 62. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation. The chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate. Who were they? The chief priests and the Pharisees. It was the religious crowd. That's the ones I've always had trouble with. You know I've never had trouble with the... uh, Folks out yonder in the world that's wicked and sin, it's always been church people. The ungodly, if you'll live clean in front of them, they'll respect you. But I'll tell you those, it's always the Pharisees and religious crowd that always think they know more than you do. Or they've got their own questions or they've got their own ideas. The Bible said, now the next day that followed, I'll read it again, the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, remember that that deceiver, he was no deceiver, said while he was yet alive after three days, I will rise again. I will rise again. Notice this. Command, therefore, that the sepulchre be made. Look at that word. What's that? Sure. sure. Until the third day. That word sure is mentioned. I'm going to show you three times here. Until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. We've got to make sure he don't do what he said he is going to do. We don't want to look like an idiot. So we've got to secure that tomb. We've got to make it sure. We've got to make it sure that he don't rise. He's an imposter. We've got to make sure he don't rise. That's what they're saying. Verse 65, Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. Amen. I'm glad that's all man can do. And all you can do sometimes not good enough is it when God's involved. Now, I like this. Make it as sure as you can. Make it as sure as you can. I'm going to tell you something. You can't outdo God. Can't overdo God. And brother, you can't uh, make. Uh, listen, we had that. That's the second time the word sure is there. Verse 66. So they went and made the sepulcher sure. Sealing the stone and setting a watch. Sealing the stone and setting a watch. Sealing the stone and setting a watch. Get that in your mind now. Sealing the stone and setting a watch. That ought to preach for a while. It's the right letters, isn't it? Amen. Uh, We'll find that there's a sure sepulcher here. We find a sealed sepulcher. And we find 
a set watch for the sepulcher. So they put him in the tomb. They seal him up. And then they put the soldiers out there watching. Three days. You got to watch him. Three days. And I can just kind of picture this in my mind. One day they're just, them soldiers, they remind me of our soldiers of our country. How that soldiers can just stand and take, take charge of everything. And seem like not bother them. I couldn't handle what they do. And they stand there. And stand there and stand there. One day goes by. They're changing duty. And one's coming along and said, What happened? Ain't been a thing happened. Nothing happened. Ain't been nobody by. Nothing's happened. Everything's just as sure and secure as it ever was. Well, keep making sure. Second day goes by. Two days and two nights has happened. Two days and two nights has happened. And they come back. And uh, here's another day. Amen. And uh, somewhere during that daytime or some before that end of that three days and three nights, they said, anything happened? Nothing's happened yet. Everything's fine. And the devil comes by and said, we got him, boys. We got him. We got him. There ain't no way he's going to rise. There's no way he's coming out of there. But let's get down in the next chapter. Matthew chapter 28 said, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, means early, don't it? Came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. They didn't figure God in the equation. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Rolled back the stone and sat upon it. Amen. His countenance was light or like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear ye not, or fear, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said, Come see the place where the Lord laid. Amen. He did what he said he was going to do. They thought they had him down. Now the world looks at you and me and they think they got us down. I heard them on the news saying this week they're going to kind of, what, kind of de, uh, deprogram us. They've got a lot of things. They may, they may give me something in my brain to make me think different. They may beat me to a pulp till I ain't got good sense and it won't take long, but I'm telling you. You can't take the blood of Christ out of my soul. You can't take the hope He's put in my heart. And brother, you can do all you want, but you can't deprogram me. You may get me to saying things that ain't real, but listen, there's a soul I've got that's been sealed to the day of redemption. It belongs to Him, and I am persuaded to stay with what I got. I have no intentions of shutting up my Bible and going to the house. If anything is going to make me do that, it's some of you backslid church members. Amen. It wouldn't be the Lord. You hear me? Amen. I have thought about going home a few times and just getting out of it and preaching on a stump about three or four times a day. I got one or two around the place. 
Amen. So I went out to put up the trash and a headache. But I hadn't done that yet. Amen. We just stay with it. I'm going to stay with it for a while. Because you didn't commission me. You didn't challenge me. You didn't call me. You didn't confirm me. I got my orders from above. And I'm going to stay with what I got. And so we look at chapter 27, 20. Jesus went through basically the same thing that you and I have come to in our life. Been talked about, hated, despised, rejected. We're not Him by no means. But we're living there. And the Lord's done been there. Greater is He that's within me than He that's in the world. You know what I was doing 10 years ago? Waiting the next day for Jesus to come. You know what I'm doing now? Waiting for the next day for Jesus to come. Matter of fact, I've changed it just a little bit. I'm waiting today for Him to come. Amen! A few months ago, I, I, I look at this thing and I thought, well, the Lord's done so much with everything going on. And I can't believe it. The Lord's going to give us a transition and a change. And I still have a hard time believing that. I still have a hard time accepting that too, but ladies and gentlemen. And the reason is, is because what I'm seeing today in our world, and especially in the United States of America, is that this is not just persecution against a state or a set of beliefs that we have. It's a persecution against the church of the living God, which is the bride of Christ. And you mess with God's church, and I don't care who you are, saint or sinner, devil or not, God won't tolerate but so much. Amen. And I believe God used our former president to... Sit in motion some things. It's going to take care of things. And I don't think he's through with all doing that. He'll do it again somehow. But if you had your hope, and I'm afraid America did, in one man, and it not God, the Lord's probably right now speaking to you to put your hope in the Lord Jesus. I appreciate what the presidents do when they write. They don't like a... None of them went wrong. And I said Wednesday night, we're in the third term of Obama. Now, I'm going to do this as long as I can. I ain't going to have much longer with this. I won't be able to say anything about politics pretty soon. I may have done said too much already. Some of y'all go rat on me. And some of you... You know, won't like it, and and somebody gonna hear me because I, I mean we're dangerous. We put it out on the internet, and you can get in trouble. And they've already got them some commissions now to listen to you and figure out who you are, so they can put you in camps to deprogram you. You said, "Oh, they wouldn't do that in America." Okay, when they come and get me. They will. They can. They've already took your kids, lots of them, except those have been homeschooled. 
I talk to parents all the time, and you, and I talked to a mother the other day, and she said, I just can't believe that my teenage son believes what he believes. He can't see the conventional and the ways that God has brought me up. That's because he's been brainwashed in the school system. And he's been doing that to the parents for years. And they're teaching their kids that every, every generation gets worse. Now I know you think, that's propaganda he's giving me today. It's not. See Betty Jean shaking her head over there. And she's shaking it like she's, like, she's agreeing with me. I'm telling you this. You know yourself, Betty Jean, you watch down through the years at the luncher how those kids are different, aren't they? Have no respect. They're not taught to respect anybody. Amen. And I was raised with a set of principles in my heart. I raised my kids with a set of principles. And I try to teach the church to have a set of principles. And it's the principles from the Word of God. And you better grab a hold of it today and stand up and be counted and say, I refuse to go the way the world does. Amen. So much for that. So much for that. But Jesus has done been there. Thank God He has. And we can fly like eagles. And get our strength up and keep it going. And I've got more determination now to do more than I've ever done for God. Amen. These fellas said, uh, they want to take your guns. And I said, yeah, I know. One old fella told me, he said, they can get them. But they'll have to take them out of my cold, dead hands. Well, I'm not necessarily talking about guns in that shape. I I own one, but uh, amen. I'm going to say the same thing about my preaching. They're going to have to cut my tongue or something. I'm going to preach and preach and preach and tell them. I don't have nothing else to do, no other ambitions in life, but to finish up the course preaching the Word of God. Because I know what's ahead. Thank God, heads bowed. I refuse to be kicked around, pushed around,